Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Phileas Club, the show where we talk about the news from around the world with people from around the world. This is episode 27 for July 2010. Hello everyone and welcome to the Phileas Club, the show where we get people from everywhere around the world, or almost, to talk about the news. Uh, this is a possibly fun show, not super serious, it's not like we're journalists, if uh, you're joining us for the first time, uh, rest assured we are not uh, going to bore you to death, uh, but we do have uh, semi-serious conversations and hopefully we will have uh, opinions that will give you a different take on what's happening around the world. Uh, I have a fantastic panel assembled who was kind enough to come to this show today, uh, first of which of course, is Turkey. I think we can't talk, have a Phileas Club anymore without you, Turkey. Well, I have no idea about that, but what can I do? You just send me an email, you said I'll be there. <laughs> so apparently I'm here. It's not like you're asking. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have a choice. Uh, and then we have another returning host, uh, Kerwin, who's... Is it your third or fourth time on the show? I think it's the third. Third. Excellent. Hello, everyone. Hey, how are you doing? So I was a little bit disappointed, I have to say, because uh, you, you just told me before the show started that you're back in England. Yes, yeah, sorry. I've been averaging a trip overseas every two months this year, although I'm falling a little bit behind. If you'd caught me two weeks ago, we could have recorded from <laughs> Berlin. Damn it. All right. Well, I guess, you know, the, the, the English uh, version will have to do. Thank you for being on. Uh, for those who don't know, Turkey is from Saudi Arabia, of course. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, third, we have Mr. Sean Coons, uh, my very good friend and uh, uh, podcasting companion for a long time. How are you doing, Sean? I'm doing uh, most excellent. Thank you. How are you doing, Patrick? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for asking. A little bit tired. I haven't been keeping up with the news as much as I should. Uh, but, you know, it's, that's why I have you guys uh, to help me out. Um, and, uh, yeah, we, for those, again, who don't know, Sean and I have been... Uh, we did uh, a show a while ago uh, together uh, about World of Warcraft. And uh, it's been too long since I've talked to you. So we, you were on, the sh on this show, however, uh, once before, I believe. Maybe twice. Once, I believe. Okay. That was the uh, 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 Atheists for Dummies show, I think. That, that is correct. Yeah. Where I was we the dummy. We were ganging up on you. <laughs> Sorry about that again. Uh, but uh, you did uh, tell me that you wanted to talk about uh, the burqa issue in France and the laws uh, regarding that. So we're going to talk a, a little bit about... I guess it, it, it's religion-related, right? Oh, I think very much so. Yeah. 
from, from an outsider's perspective. Right. We, we'll, we'll talk about it more. It's interesting because you basically sent me an email and said, I want to talk about you guys ganging <laughs> up on, on, on religious people. And uh, it's not really the way I see it from here. But we'll, we'll discuss this more uh, in a little while. And finally, um, le- oh, crap, I'm not going to get it right. Letad? Is, is that- Close enough. Okay, thank you. Call me uh, however you can pronounce it. <laughs> so Letad is joining us from uh, Thailand. How are you doing? Oh, fine, thanks. How, Hello, Internet. <laughs> how late is it for you? It's only 10 p.m. So it's fine. Oh, that's okay. I was like, yeah. we're making him stay up until 3 in the morning. It's actually yeah, not I the case. Yeah, I thought so too. Yeah. At the beginning. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining. And and you did mention that you had a nickname. Uh, so you said your nickname was Tom after I tried yeah. to pronounce your actual name for like 15 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> actually, it's pretty, actually my, my father would like the way you pronounce it because the lure is a, like an allusion to the French lure. Ooh, excellent. Yeah, so it's like a play on word. Yeah. Okay. But um, hey, my nickname's yeah. Tom. Okay, is that like, uh, I think Chinese people also have, maybe even Korean have a, uh, they all have a a nickname, an English nickname, because we can't pronounce your your names properly. But the reason is different. So it's just, I I have no idea when it started, but um, Thai people have nicknames from the beginning when they're born. Okay. I think it's because we can't pronounce our own real names. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you, you come to Thailand, you get silly nicknames like apple and oranges. <laughs> really? And I'm, I'm serious, deadly serious. Oh wow! I didn't. I never knew that. So yeah. you have nicknames. People nicknamed apple. Yeah, apple is one of the more common names. The most common name is May. Okay. Something. Yeah. We have a similar culture in the Philippines. That everyone gets nicknames pretty young, but they all sound like doorbells. Like it's all <laughs> Bing Bing and Bong and Dang and Mong. Oh, so it's not it's not English sounding nicknames. It's like cute nicknames for children. Yeah, but they they are with you throughout your life. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So so this so we is, have cars, you remember yeah. you remember Patrick that the the former martyr was Ninoy, and then his son, who's now president, is Noinoy. Yes. Yeah, they're like that. Aquino, I believe, right? That's right. Woohoo! I remembered something correctly. <laughs> um, do, so, do, you, do, do, does, uh, do people ever get like nicknames with stupid things, like, I don't know, um, latrines or, you know, stuff like that, um, that people don't know what it means, and then you turn out to be toilet for the rest of your life? Totally. I mean, there's Benz, you know, all the car brands. <laughs> And I mean, I mean, uh, my my school teacher had a twin, so one of them was Bass Bath, but you know it's like he was a basketball teacher, so it would we thought it'd be Bass and Ball, which would be like a common name, but it turned out to be Bath and Room. <laughs> <laughs> and he actually named his kids Bathrooms. Oh Jesus! <laughs> okay, all right. Um, that thank you so much for being on the show, and I think that's gonna be that's a pleasure. Enough. Insulting uh, other people's cultures. Uh, that's, of course, not the point of this show. It's all in good fun, people. Don't uh, What stones. do we expect from uh, French people? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right. Um, so I guess I was a little bit. Um, uh, I had a problem picking up stories for the show for two reasons. Um, the first one was that I was super busy and I didn't have time to follow the news uh, well enough. But that let's put that reason aside. And the second one was that it seems like there weren't 
like two or three huge stories like that's usually the case there that are easy to pick so we have an assortment of smaller stories but um, you didn't have any huge stories well i don't know okay okay smart pants smarty <laughs> pants let, let, what, what were the huge stories tell me starcraft 2 <laughs> of course well that's actually the reason why i don't know what happened in the world because i I, uh, for those who don't know i work for the company that uh that uh, develops that uh, video game called starcraft 2 and our big release was uh this month or rather you know uh at the end of the month um, july exactly so i was i was very busy working on that and that's why i don't have uh, so much news but but still you know we we did talk about it a little bit before we started the actual show and what came out was that uh, the, the BP oil spill was the biggest, um, probably one of the biggest stories. And it, I'm, I'm very interested to hear from, uh, from Sean on this, because you now live in, uh, in Florida, just like next door mm-hmm. to where the, uh, the oil spill is happening. So it's been, it's been properly stopped now, uh, I think. Maybe, maybe you can update us on that, Sean. Um, I don't know if there's anything proper about it, but uh, right. yes, as they tell us, it has been stop sealed. There is no more oil from, you know, what they broke and screwed up coming into the Gulf. Uh, and we get lots of... Well, go ahead. But there's still the millions swimming around in the Gulf. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's a detail. <laughs> you, you party pooper. Although it's interesting because just this past week... Uh, what I've noticed, and we get a lot of it coverage here because it is washing up on our, our kind of northern Florida shores. Um, I've got one member of our uh, church who has gone to first run a boat cleaning up uh, oil in the Gulf and now has gone. They've taken him off the Gulf and up to Michigan where there's another oil spill out of a pipeline up there. Oh, really? Um, but uh, the uh, story... Uh, uh, it's not related to the first one? No, it's not. Hmm. Um, but... I, I thought it was interesting, though, from that perspective, that they're taking resources, apparently, from the Gulf and shifting it somewhere else. Because, hmm. well, it's one of the stories that's come out this week is, where'd all the oil go? You know, that 75% of it has been uh, dispersed, eaten by natural oil-eating things, <laughs> skimmed, burned, sucked up by aliens. Hmm. Uh, well, but 25% of... North Carolina. <laughs> that, too. But 25% of, you know, how many hundreds of millions of gallons is still huge. Yeah, of course. Um, so I guess people in, uh, in your, you know, in your state are not super happy with uh, BP at the moment. It's interesting because we tend, Florida tends to be a little more conservative. And so you, they're kind of a, well, you know, before the Republican position was offshore drilling, let's do it. We need more oil. Drill, now, baby, drill. Drill, exactly. And now there, there's folks kind of hedging kind of in the middle. I, I can't say mass opinion is shifting, but starting to question. So you mean that didn't actually stop people, you know, tell people maybe it's not a good idea? Some of them are still going like, well, you know, let's wait a couple of years and then let's drill, baby, drill again. Well, uh, a lot of it. What I've seen is the shifting. It's not so much the drilling; it's the government enforcement. This, this oh. was the government's problem. Seriously, you guys drive me insane <laughs> with all this. Like anything, 
that anything bad that ever happens, it's because the government was somewhat involved. And if we did it without the government's involvement, it would go on perfectly. It would be fantastic. Now, you know, we, we heard this story about how um, on the, the, the rig, on the oil rig, they actually deactivated the alarm that would have signaled the issue that provoked the the explosion that uh, provoked the leak and they turned it off because it was making uh, the it was waking the the workers up in the middle of the night because you know of course when there's an alarm it's a danger that makes sounds <laughs> and how is that the government's responsibility i mean i know sean you're probably not of that opinion although i don't know with you crazy americans but um <laughs> how did how can that be attributed to the government well i think that the angle is and and it's really interesting because for some people it's a real contradiction you know the the conservative side are the ones who want usually want to drill and they're saying so they got to figure out how not to blame this on big business yeah and so what they're saying is well if the government would have been checking up on them and, and enforcing the regulations and having inspectors and seeing all this, then they would have realized it. So which they is want actually more, more government Exactly, which is the ironic thing, because they don't want more stuff. Hmm. I don't know. I'm curious how, now that the spill has stopped, I mean, what, what was the news? How was this portrayed in other places? Um, well, for, for us in France, it was definitely, oh, so... Apparently, there was this alarm that was deactivated so that the workers can sleep, and that's probably what's the cause of all of this. Well, not all of it, but the, the, that's the latest story, and it tends to be regarded as, you know, duh, that the alarm was deactivated. <laughs> so what do you expect? Um, but yeah, I'm curious to hear from uh, you guys, too. Let, let's, let's ask uh, Tom first. See how mm -hmm. I, didn't, I didn't try to say your yeah. name <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so oil spill uh do you even oh. care that's i mean that's what i think i've been thinking i've been wondering about what others outside the u.s think about the oil spill because we we don't really get enraged by it you know in terms of like the environmental impact we're just like oh there's a big oil spill it's really bad you guys in thailand and, you mean yeah really and man we we just know there's an oil spill, but we don't get worked up on it or anything. Hmm. But um, there is um, there is an issue about I don't know if you've guys heard of um Samui. It's an island. It's one of the tourist attractions, and um, they're doing some oil yeah, exploration actually, off the coast. A few years ago, yeah, you were. Yeah, yeah, must go Lovely. place. Yeah. And yeah, there's some um, yeah. The government gives concessions to some Chevron was one of them, and. There's been some issues about um, people in some way have taken the chance to protest the explorations because, like, they, um, they're setting the BP oil spill as an example as what could go wrong. But yeah. um, the government just claims that, you know, it's uh, different geographical features and they can't really do anything because the companies haven't done anything wrong, things like that. Mm. So it's, but, a, um, it's a case it's like, of... Uh it's a case of, well, what could possibly go wrong now that we know we should be careful? <laughs> exactly. Hmm. All right. Um, Turkey, what about you guys? You don't care. You have, you, you just wish, you're like, yeah, you're not going to be able to drill in the U.S., so you're going to buy more oil from us. Yes, $4 a gallon. <laughs> so you're having but a big Americans party. Americans pay for it. 
Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> really? That that's it. That's all. What else do you want? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you tell me. All right. We're not uh, going to complain if the oil price goes up because they just uh, got all of that oil in the <laughs> Gulf. No, but seriously, you mean that it's? Is it like regarded seriously? Does it make you think uh, you know o offshore drilling is bad, the, the, or do you just do you just go like uh, the whole country nobody is cares. smiling? Okay, nobody cares. So you're <laughs> you're walking around in the street, looking at each other, like smiling and nodding. We're like, yeah, yeah. we're gonna sell more <laughs> oil. All right, fair enough. Kerwin, what about the UK? Well. Um For a while, the big issue about this story in the UK was that Americans... It's British petroleum. They, it's British petroleum. So, you know, were the Americans going to start accusing the British? And uh, there was a few jingoistic claims going back and forth. And David Cameron was uh, trying to shake his finger at Obama not to blame <laughs> the British government for this. But uh, the other aspect that's happened is that... Um, BP is about to start drilling for oil off the Shetland Islands in the north. Mm -hmm. And the UK, well, in the US, there's a temporary ban on new drilling, I believe. And in the UK, they've allowed them to proceed with it. So they're not really learning any lessons from it in this country. Well, but is the public opinion or the media looking into this saying that's a bad idea? Or, or are you just, you know, whatever, we need oil? There is, there's a lot of media attention on it. There are a lot of activist groups like Greenpeace who are on it, but I don't think that it's uh, registering in the general population, certainly not this far south. Mm. I've noticed, I think, especially in this past week, now that it's getting capped, I think the media coverage here in the States is going to drop dramatically. Um, as I listen to some of the more liberal coverage like npr national public radio there's a you know the well has been capped but scientists still say there's lots of cleanup to do and and the well has been capped but and they're really trying to like this has still got legs don't forget but yeah. in, in two weeks uh, once the bottom kill yeah. especially happens it's once not the what be. the bottom kill the relief well what, see they've I, capped I'm... it Hmm. They've capped the uh, the well, but they're still drilling another well uh, below, which they're going to, I don't quite get it, but it seals it even more. By drilling so, another well? Well, they're drilling another well so that they can pump uh, mud and cement even down lower into right. it. They pumped mud and cement up high, as I understand it, and now they're pushing it, would do it even lower and pushing the oil even further down in the reservoir. Drilling a little bit deeper. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> um, um, let's, let's wait until, until the oil prices go up and then we'll see how many people are going to object to for more wells and, yeah, and offshore yeah, drilling. You're, you're, I guess you're right. And the thing is, to be completely honest, I think this is a case of kind of like when there's an airplane crash. It, the, the company that crashed immediately after that for statistical and safety reasons is the safest company you can fly with because you know people are of course you know statistically it, there there aren't two planes that are going to crash in a row with the same company and for safety reasons everyone wait, is wait, 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 super wait. I've extra stop you careful there. okay you, you just then this is just about pure logic yeah that company is as likely to crash as any other company probably more 
from a statistical <laughs> standpoint, I don't think It's like think saying so. if you flip a coin 10,000 times in a row and you get heads, what's the chance of the next one being heads? It's 50-50. Well, statistically, no, it's not. Not when you take into account the 10,000 previous times. But that yes, is a different... No, no, no. There's actually a very interesting uh, uh, experiment. Do you know the experiment of the uh, when you open the two doors and uh, you have a ga uh, the game show host who has you know a, a, a crappy prize behind two doors and another uh, good prize behind one door? And then if you choose one door first, what is your statistical chance of uh, winning more? Of, you know, if, do you increase your chance of winning if you switch uh, afterwards? Do you know that story or not? Yes, I do. Yeah. And, I, it's okay. and I know and the same difference. No, I don't Well, you so. start with like 100 doors. Yeah. Well, it's and the you same. Pick one, and then you're down to two. And what is, but that's different than... Well, we will investigate this <laughs> with science and report back next time, maybe. Uh, but yeah, so I mean... What I was trying to say is, basically, if I don't try to be a smartass um, and, and try to appear intelligent, what I'm saying is, uh, BP is going to be careful. So, I, I suppose, you know, they're going to be careful. And so, drilling now is probably a lot safer than it was. Not only BP, but everyone is going, super, is going to be super careful for at least a, a few years, I would think. But, but yeah. the same yes. generation, the, the Deepwater Rig... Uh, there are many other rigs that were built under the same regulatory system. Uh, you could mm -hmm. still have one or two or three other problems like this. Well, uh, I can tell you one thing, though. I'm pretty sure that the, the, the day this news about the alarm happened, every single CEO of an oil company was calling everyone saying, make sure you turn on the alarms, you morons. So at least you're going to have alarms, I would okay. think. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, look I at it this way. Look, look at it this way. Every, especially in the U.S., over the U.S. usually does overreact in its own way. When I'm not saying overreact that the whole thing happened, that's an overreaction of the for it. But the, it's overreaction saying no, no more offshore drilling or anything. And the U.S. did that before when we think about the nuclear power, Chernobyl. So there's no nuclear plants in recent years been built in the U.S. until recently they just started doing some. While Japan and France, for example, have nuclear plants everywhere, and most of their power is from that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is another reason why really no significant change or less oil dependency is going to happen right now. is because with nuclear power, any alternative power... In the U.S., we have not invested the resources, and we are decades away from having any alternative power be a reliable source. And that's the government's fault. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, uh, which is the responsibility of the people, and so, you know. So basically, it's your fault, Sean. Yes. <laughs> Taking the blame right the, here. Going back to the, um, the U.S. and Brit Britain dynamic, is it true that a lot of the British um, pension scheme is invested in BP? Uh, and that would be affected. I think so. In, yeah, so I think that so, would assume have a pension. big. Okay, so I mean, so it would it would have a large impact if, let's say, BP were sued for a very large amount? It would have a dampening effect across the economy. I don't. I. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't mm -hmm. bring the country to a standstill. So okay. you mean that your your pension funds are invested in BP? Currently? Well, oh. as they will. Several funds are invested in P, but you know, I, as to what percentage of the mm. country's pensions that makes up, I don't think it's a huge amount. 
it's not a okay. large proportion, but it, it is a political issue in the country if there is a very vocal group of people, uh, conservative voters especially, who would be watching their pensions very carefully and are paying attention when their pensions dip as a result of BP's actions. Mm. It's strange that with all this investment, the, the, the company wouldn't be kept in check. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about capitalism in general we have so much investment personal investment as people in all these companies it's strange that we can't regulate a little bit more although that's probably the f the the reason would be you know uh lobbying and deregulation and anyway well actually there's a point that uh do you guys know the book uh too big to fail by andrew ross sorkin i know the expression that's used in tv shows okay does well, that count Andrew Ross Sorkin was a New York journalist who wrote a book about the... Uh, it's a minute-by-minute -minute account of the collapse of Lehman Brothers. Right. So it's about this idea that banks like Lehman Brothers were too big to fail. Uh, and he spoke recently in London, and one of the points he made is that we are... One of the fundamental problems in this culture is that we as a society are very lazy investors. And through our pension funds and our other schemes whatever ways that we invest money and circulate money, we as a society are very lazy about keeping people in check about what they do with it through the, through the, um, through the public companies, not so much through the government, but through the public companies as well where they should be more accountable. We hold them to no account whatsoever. Mm, that's true. And depressing. Um, let's <laughs> let's move on to something else. Uh, where BP was the big one, I guess we have a few more um, smaller stories. One of the ones that uh, we've been hearing about a lot in in France is the fires in uh, in Russia uh, near Moscow, which are getting to epic proportions and of which the the latest development is that they're getting they are also having fires near uh, chernobyl and they're w basically afraid that if the the things burn up in the chernobyl area it would agitate you know uh, radioactive bits that would go fly up in the air and uh, start traveling everywhere Um, so not it, not only is that huge uh, fire, those huge fires, uh, an issue for Russia in general because there, you know, people are dying and things are uh, there are the doors of Moscow and all of that. But now on top of it, there's a Chernobyl resuscitation issue, uh, and we've been hearing about this a lot. Now, obviously, we're closer to um, to to Russia than maybe some of you guys, but. Um, Has that also been uh, making the headlines? Um, I guess Kerwin for you too, right? You're you're really close by. Mm, we don't think of Europe anywhere in Europe as especially close by <laughs> necessarily, <laughs> and so it's not really appeared on the radar. Really, like not at all. It's oh, it's been reported, but it's uh, Russia is sufficiently far away. It's uh, it's mm. like people in Thailand worrying about the Gulf of Mexico. Right. It's funny because it's about as far from the UK as it is from France, and we've been talking about, uh, hearing about it a lot. Um, actually, I had a friend who was in Moscow when the um, forest fires started, and he was telling me that he actually could not 
you know, he he could visibly see it in Moscow. The the whole area was covered in in ashes, and he couldn't see past a couple of building blocks. Uh, yes. Sean, in in the U.S., you all you you have you know huge forest fires, especially in California. Surely this must have attracted some attention because it's like, oh, they have it too. Poor guys, right? It's possible. Um, this is uh, this is the first I've heard about it. Jesus, really? <laughs> and given that, I don't watch. You know, it's not been in the front page of the newspapers. I mean, I I, okay. I read. You know, skim two newspapers every morning at breakfast. You know, one's very local yeah. and one's pretty good. But I don't watch like CNN or you know, I skim mm. Google News. So wow. it's probably news, but I, I'm not. Oh, it's it's surprising because it's basically Russia is literally burning up. Like the the country is in in dire straits now because they don't have enough manpower to manage these fires they, they, it's a really threatening issue in the country uh turkey you've heard about this uh yeah i heard about it but it was just a regular news so. right uh i think the biggest news we i heard was the ban on uh, wheat exports uh, just they announced recently in russia um due to the fires wheat oh. exports why why what's the relation with the fire Uh, it's eating too much of their crops, so they're now banning the export of it. Oh, wow. Outside well, of Russia. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah, so they so, have food. So wheat heard... price just went up, I think, a couple of days ago. Hmm. Yeah. Sean? I tell you what I've heard more of, actually. I'm just thinking, you know, what have I heard in the news this week is actually the, the flooding in Pakistan more than the fires in Russia. Right, yeah, that was very much reported on. Uh, before we move on to that, maybe uh, Lertad, can you can you tell us about if you know that makes the first the... time I've read it too. Wow, that is <laughs> amazing. Okay, all right, I'll I'll put oh, my. I'm kind of surprised that nobody heard of it. It's just yeah. it 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 wasn't really covered a lot, but I think it <laughs> it, it, it was mentioned enough that it's a huge deal because. And Moscow is engulfed in all around it with fire. <laughs> yeah. So. How long ago was this? Oh, it's still it's ongoing. It's still going now. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's been going on for what? It's been going on for at least two, two weeks, I think. Yeah, yeah really? I think it's about two weeks now. Yeah, yeah I just, I'm just reading right now. They just sent an extra 1,000 people to fight the fires. Yeah. Yeah, they don't have enough people. It's uh, yeah. it's, it's it's actually we're, we're you know we're joking about it, but it's a very serious issue. Yeah, and 200 units of firefighting equipment. Yeah, so they just sent those uh, just recently. This is an hour ago. The news just came in. Yeah. Uh, All right. Um, so that was one thing. I guess no one's heard of it. So we 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 have our answer. Um, Things in uh, in that department, the floods, obviously, in uh, Pakistan have been very heavily reported on. But that's, you know, uh, I think that's not there's not a lot of uh, opinion issues on this. It's just well, the the president is spending his time in the UK while his country is flooding. Well, he's got, you know, mending to do with uh, with the <coughs> UK uh, to begin with because of what uh whatever his name is, uh, said in Afghanistan, isn't it? I don't think there's any... I don't think the UK leadership will mind him tending to his people drowning. I think they understand. <laughs> <laughs> so why is he even staying? 
why is he saying? I think for the reason you say that he's trying to mend relations, and he considers that more important. Uh, mm. So, well, it's not like I understand. You know, it's always it always seems a little bit trivial when people get upset when the the president or prime minister or whatever doesn't go but, to the to the to the uh, no it's but it's not a symbolic issue if it's a state of emergency then they it may require military intervention to put things right again and, is it the, the, the president of, or the prime minister visiting the oh, president good. um i guess i'm not sure yeah, no, because, I think it's... because if the president, then he's useless. So that's one reason. No, so not necessarily. It dep- depends on the... Uh... In Pakistan, he is useless. Oh, okay. That's oh, why right. I'm asking, is it the it's president the... or the prime minister? It's the president. It's the president Sardari. Yeah, the president is useless. So he, he doesn't really have any powers. It's all under the prime minister. Okay. But so still, there you go. I mean, it that still seems like wasn't a the case no-brainer. the previous president. Well, yeah, he should have uh, left and went back, but hey, what do you expect? But uh, at least, at least we can say that he uh, uh, symbolically, yeah, he should be back. But uh, practically, he's useless if he goes back. He, he won't do anything. Fair enough. Latad, you were saying something. Um, lost in the thought. No, I, I, I was just saying we governor when we have floods people one of our governors was notorious for not attending the floods and people would be enraged but he would always say you know what can i do <laughs> you want- yeah i guess it's not it, it, it is it doesn't look good at all you're like well what do you want me to do it's uh yeah i understand why you you you, you have to go but it's just i think i, I think know. it's it's the hippocratic oath here first do no harm if if you can't do anything, that's fine, but don't make it worse. Don't rub people's, you know. Don't don't give people a reason to criticize. You know, be absent, be not visible, but don't be visible somewhere else. Hmm. I guess actually yeah. it does it does play a role. Even you know, if if there are decisions to be taken that are you know you can't take from however thousand kilometers away at least when you you show support it might lift someone's spirits and you know at least reassure them which is what a lot of people need so yeah i'm sort of playing you know playing dumb saying that i don't see what they would be doing there but um yeah um all right uh what else uh kenya is voting on a um a, a constitution change which they voted yes on which will probably well hopefully if it works out brings real democracy in kenya woohoo hmm. yeah no uh kenya voted on something <laughs> all right <laughs> i guess we 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 do you know follow these things for you know we used to have lots of colonies in in uh, in africa so we always have a lot of african news uh oh, yeah I remember they all joined you in your celebrations in the Bastille Day or whatever you called it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh, I have a question. I have a question. Okay. Did you see the pictures of the celebration? The wives of the presidents? I didn't. You mean for the Kenyan... uh... And all the wives, the African wives with the Sarkozy's wife? 
No, I'm not sure what picture you're referring to. Uh, during the celebration, so uh, what is it, the Bastille celebration you call it, I think? Yeah, Bastille Day. Yeah. 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 No, yeah, I didn't. Bastille. What about it? Uh, you have to see it. There, there's this one weird woman. Oh, I'm still trying to figure out what is she wearing on her head. <laughs> I'm <laughs> so not I sure. Wanted, I wanted to ask you in case you saw it. You might know. <laughs> Okay, sorry, I haven't. I'm I'm <laughs> guessing uh, this is probably a slightly uh, racist comment because you're commenting on someone's uh, garment, traditional and cultural. Garment. No, 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 no. This is okay. not traditional. Trust me. Ah, okay. <laughs> this is well, something modern. It's not traditional. <laughs> try to find the the picture, and if you do, we'll put it on the blog, and we'll try to get uh, it uh, identified. Uh, 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 wait, is Bastille Day? Is that you celebrating uh, cutting off the heads about what three thousand or six thousand people or something like that? We are celebrating the end of a monarchy that was absolutely deadly to the people, and uh, yeah, we cut off heads. <laughs> yeah, I can see how how you can stop deadly no. monarchy by killing cutting off body. heads. It works, and <laughs> it was also followed by uh, a few years of uh, utter terror. Um, <laughs> which, yeah, that was, uh, it, you know, the French Revolution is is, is an interesting, but it, it also, you know, it it sparked. If if you ask the English, they're going to tell you, yeah, well, we did it without, you know, any bloodshed. We did it soft and, and easy. But we did spark something, and we had the... the um, ah, we had... Okay, if we should do a show <laughs> about the revolution, it would be funny. Uh, Sean just sent a picture uh, from... Uh, 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 basically Sarkozy and his wife and in the background there's a strange woman with indeed a very interesting hairdo. Is that it uh, Turkey? No, I think Turkey is referring to the green even further in the background. Ooh uh, maybe. Well no. Well, I saw pictures just... of that but that's pretty traditional. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Anyway, the the French Revolution <laughs> is a very complex and interesting uh, period in uh, in history, and it cannot nah, be reduced nah. to cutting off people's head. Although that was probably the biggest uh, part of it. Can it be reduced That's to the they broke out of prison? And you the... you, uh, you were so tired of cutting people's head, you invented a way to make it <laughs> to, to make it easier. It's not to make it easier. It's actually to make it more humane. Because when you have when you have a giant dude standing over the guy's head with a huge axe and he swings it down, he sometimes misses, and it's not pretty. So at least with our guillotine, it's uh, clean and uh, fast and I think humane. It's, it's efficiency. Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. It's not efficiency. It's humane. oh yeah. Come on. You pull a rope up. You let it go. You pull. A, you know, swinging that axe <laughs> is going to get tiring. You have to rotate your executioners. Yeah, but just. Uh. See, Turkey left in disgust. <laughs> he just uh, got disconnected. Let's call him again. Uh, Kerwin, you were saying something uh, as we yes. as we cut you off rudely. <laughs> yes. I See, you were so pissed off, you decided to cut me off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, does that hurt? Just be happy I don't have a remote guillotine to cut your head off. <laughs> uh, Kerwin, yes, what, what were you saying? No, it's gone. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. We should talk about burkas or... 
you know what? Let's talk about. <laughs> leave that to the end, perhaps. Uh, let's talk about um, Thailand first, because okay. obviously the situation in Thailand has been uh, pretty dire. Well, I, I don't know if I would say dire. It's been dire at some points uh, in the past few months, and uh, since we're lucky enough to have uh, someone from Thailand here. Can you update us on the situation in Thailand and maybe give us a, a short background on uh, what's been happening and why? Sure. Um, yeah, I've been pondering about how to start, but um, in terms of the recent changes, um, there's not really been much activities, not anything in the news. But um, Basically, um, the, the, the latest protestations were from um, a group that's um, the nickname is called the Red Shirts. Um, I'm not sure. I'm, I don't remember their full real name. It's something about to do with like, democracies. I mean, both the Yellow Shirts and Red Shirts claim to be um, about democracy. But, um, of course. Of course. But um, yeah, the, basically, the leaders were captured. And I mean, they, they turned themselves in. But um, after they turned themselves in, like the people remaining the mob, they basically... Um, tried to burn down the city. A lot of places were burnt and a couple of shopping co malls, things like that in town. But um, in the events after that, nothing much has happened. So, so wait a second, do you, do you live in, in Bangkok or? Yeah. Okay, so was it so bad that it could be almost, con because the, the image we had from here was almost civil war. Like the whole city was unsafe and people should stay indoors and it's, it's, it, it seemed to be a pretty horrible situation that was very, very serious. Not just, uh, uh, you know, a couple of places where there was protests that, that turned into riots. It, it, it was going on for days and days and like full-on conflict. Was that an accurate description or? It was an accurate description towards the end and um, in a concentrated area. But um, not as much as I would say the media put it. And I mean, I don't know if it's part of our culture or if it's, I don't, but um, during most of the times, even during some parts of violence, life just went on as normal. Really? And, I mean, and even some companies near the area, they continue to be kept open until like the actual burning. Mm. Yeah, but um, it, 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 it was bad in terms of the history of the country because... I mean, when I would talk about the culture, we Thais are very laid-back people, and I mean, we're kind of notorious for letting like other neighboring countries go past us in terms of economics, because um, you know, we're just a bit laid-back and we haven't really faced any hardships. But um, to have such violent violence was any violence at all was like a very big deal. Mm. Yeah. So, so, what motivated mm -hmm. this? Like, what do the red shirts want, and what do the yellow shirts want? Okay, so, um, yeah, I think I have to go back a little sure. background. Yeah, so it's going to take a long time. So, but um, it has to go with, um, it has, the, the, the catalyst was um, Prime Minister Thaksin Shinawat, um, who actually owned Manchester City for a while. But um, he was, he became, when he became Prime Minister, it was kind of almost a revolution. I don't know if I used the right word, revolution, but um, a lot of things changed when he was prime minister. And he was kind of like, um, since Thailand is a small country, even though we had no different governments, it was kind of like ruled by the same group of elite people with the same net network. But um, Thaksin came from like a different background and he he had his flaws, but um, he was also, I mean, a very smart guy. 
he's a very interesting character in that he has a lot of allegations of corruption, especially towards the end. But uh, um, he also actually, if you looked at it subjectively, he also developed a lot of our economy. He put us out of a lot of debt. So it's kind of a complicated character that way. But um, during his um, second, he was, I think he was the first prime minister to actually finish his four-year term in Thailand. And I mean, from the, from the sound of that, it would seem like our country is in a bit of like, um, I don't know what to call it, but it would seem strange, right? But um, actually, it's kind of like normal for governments not to complete their terms, you know, towards because the end. Because of what? Allegations of corruption. Right. 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 <laughs> right. Which so is, anyone it, is, it some, is it somebody stepping down or is it someone coming in in so their they, place and pushing them out? So they would, they would call a hearing about, to sh- you know, the, the opposition parties, the majority opposition party would um, challenge <laughs> them, call, would challenge them on certain issues. And then um, they would kind of like um, just say, okay, there's too much, there's a lot of opposition. So mm-hmm. we would like to yeah cancel the government and, go for a re-election hmm. yeah and um yeah yeah and um so the thing about it, another thing the other thing about Tuxton was that um he came from a business background not a political background and he made a lot of enemies in during his time as prime minister from two main reasons i mean i i mean it's it's part of my uh opinion but um uh, one of it is that he, when I was mentioning he came from like a different background than the old team, um, it means he didn't keep a lot of the old connections or the old interest groups in loop. And that caused a lot of enemies. And the other thing is um, he pushed for actual work. I mean, he called it like uh, the governing of provinces in the, he called it um, turning the um, governors into CEOs. So they had to actually do a lot of work. So there was a lot. So, As so there was a lot of just sitting there and getting and the, gaining, the money, yeah. getting the money and keeping the money, and things what, like that. Uh, just to to make sure, when was uh, Taksin Shinawat uh, elected? The I first think time? the early. I'll, I'll do a quick check, but okay. um, yeah, the early two thousands. Okay, and he was three. Later, oh, the, the connection is is breaking up a little bit, but yeah, keep going. But um, so so so, everything that I mentioned, I'm I'm just trying to kind of draw an image of him, him making enemies within powerful sectors, right? And one of them was um, a man named Sunti uh, Liptangun, and he was the first leader of the Yellow Shirts. And his his is also an interesting story. So he was he is the owner of a big media corporation <clears throat> sorry um, called the nation group multimedia group and um he was first at the beginning he was a big supporter of tuxin but um this can be traced back by during a time the nation had some problems i'm s- sorry Santi, it's not um in the nation multimedia but um he he, he owns some major media player and okay. he was once bailed out by tuxin you know what and then all of a sudden, I think he had some prop. I mean, there's been allegations that he had some monetary problems again. It's again. And during, I'm sorry. Uh, there is an echo happening from time to time. Don't worry. Okay. Keep going. Okay. So um, 
he started、um, protesting against the Texans government, bringing to him the many flaws and part the many allegations today that are still in court. Some have been decided, but、um, yeah, he used that, and he used the media that he controls to basically create a mob, and you know, just use media. And a lot of things he said has been proven to be false. But、uh, basically,、um, he was very good at creating a sense of、um, opposition towards the government, and hence the yellow mob. And So, so what you're saying is、um, basically the yellow shirt is a semi-manufactured movement to go against、uh, Taksin Shinawatra because he made so many enemies. There's, the, it's not really that there is cause for opposing Taksin Shinawatra. He actually did a good job, but people who were pissed off rose against him. You know, made、yeah. created a mob against him. Right, so yeah, so opponents, so it's kind of like you know, one party would say no, the mob was born out of opposition to his corruption, and the other would say no, the mob was paid. But、um, the truth is always somewhere in between, and that's the same with Tuxin. Is that he did some good jobs and he did a lot of flaws, and on the other hand, he was also, you know, according to court, quite corrupted. You know, he had、mm. made a lot, he used a lot of his power to make his business bigger. And he was a very, a very, very rich man, and he grew even a lot richer during his time as prime minister. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, But,、uh, mm-hmm. so, so, what's the situation now? So the situation now is, I mean, after the yellow shirts, the yellow shirts were backed up by a lot of powerful people in the country, and the yell and the term yellow shirts was before the mob happened.、Um, you know, in Thailand, we love、uh, um, the king, and we used to se- we were celebrating.、Um, The king's reign with wearing yellow shirts on Monday, and、mm. the yellow shirts mob kind of like took advantage of it and、uh, used yellow as their main color and used、um, royalty as kind of like okay, we are fighting for the king and we want to get rid of Tuxin.、Hmm. So that's a, and that's that's a clever and sort of despicable plan. Yeah. Yeah, it's、um, both of the mobs. I mean, mainly the yellow, but、um, it's a great case of media manipulation. And you know, they would bring like one person, one student from a prestigious school that supports the yellow shirts, and say, "This school supports people the yellow shirts and things like that."、Mm. But、okay. um, so, so basically, after after the yellow shirts went on for a while, they、um, they they kind of like the the government wouldn't go away like last time, and They basically threw an ultimatum by taking control over the airport, our large airport in Bangkok, and、um, they stayed there and caused quite a lot of damage. And that's about the the general feeling. I mean, in Bangkok, people w- were kind of like supporting yellow shirts, but、um, once they took control of the airport, it started to turn against them. But I mean, coincidentally, at the same time,、um, the court ruled one of the Allegations against Tuxin as、um, him having done some corruption and the government had to be collapsed. Oh, so I mean, was, yeah. So the yellow shirts claim victory from that, but um, <laughs> but basically so, they got reelected again. Oh, they did. Okay. See, I didn't. Right. Mean, yeah. Right. So Tuxin's government is very popular in ter- in upcountry because um, one of he used the populist. 
um, the if you ask the opposition, it would be because he used a lot of populist uh, policies, such as handing, giving loans out to every province, giving, you know, just basically spreading the money around. Mm. Yeah, and supporters would say it's because he actually did some good. That's why people support him. Yeah, but um, the general consensus is that if there's an election, Thaksin's party will win, okay. and that happened. Okay. And the yellow shirts came back, and the government had collapsed again. And and um, okay. that time there was a coup. The second time there was a coup because um, the mobs and basically Tuscan's government got elected yet again. Hmm. So is the situation stable now? I would say so, um, because I mean, fast forward to the modern day, uh, the opposition government party is con- in control, and hence there was the red mob. So it's basically, it's formed similarly to Yellow Mob. I mean, but, but um, the Red Mob was bas- it's basically um, can be linked with Texas Party, even though they would both deny it. But uh, towards the end, there was like there was really no Red Mob to be there because there was the really gov- no. Sorry, you you cut off for a no, second. yeah, no real cause. Mm. For for the red, yeah, they basically claim that they want real democracy, and people would, there was double standards. But um, it's just kind of like a truth about the current affairs that there's something, there's always going to be some, things like that in government. Mm. But um, and towards the end, there was like the way it ended, it was because the red mobs they couldn't just go away. Mm. Yet um, yeah, and um, yet they couldn't win. And in the end, but, but the red was mob was supporting taxing Shinawat, and he got reelected. I mean, the right. So uh, we skipped the the middle, but um, right. <laughs> okay. So there, there, there was a during the forming of the second of the latest government, um, Taksin's government got the this is got the majority of votes, but this time they didn't get um, towards the limit to form like the big one party government hmm. and um, in a twist turns of events all the parties that used to be um, kind of like supporting them they, they turned against Texans party and supported um, the other big hmm. party so and it's yeah it, it's interesting what you're saying you know we get the, the, the reporting about this being very um a very simple red versus yellow and mm-hmm. you don't really get a lot of deeper stories of what means what in these in these uh you know uh factions and i'm wondering if if you guys uh around the world also get the the very simple version red's unhappy yellow unhappy battle well, or do we- you actually get more we got something that was quite misleading. In the UK media, it was constantly painted as a class war. That uh, mm-hmm. I think the, it was that the Reds were the, um, the poor, uh, rural, often illiterate, and that the Yellow was the reactionary uh, urban elite middle class. And this was the story that was constantly painted in the articles here. Um, it's... And I would always read those and kind of read through the comments and there's a lot of kind of there'd be a lot of Thai people complaining about you guys are distorting everything. This is nothing <laughs> about rural versus urban. Why are you making up and perpetuating these stories? So it's fascinating to hear you 
uh, Letta trying to mm-hmm. explain the story objectively to an international audience without any expectations of how we perceive it and to see just how different it is to uh, very like very um, establishment news sources like the BBC here. Mm. Yeah, it's we a really were, very we were, different picture. We were frustrated. So, I mean, two things. First is we were frustrated with the foreign cover of the news. And um, yeah. it's one of the reasons I co- reached out to try to contact Patrick, actually. It was just like one moment of frustration. It's like, hey, <laughs> it's not, <laughs> do you really want to know like the real story? It's quite complicated, things like that. Yeah. And the second thing is, um, it's kind of a class war. It's, it highlights like a deep thought in the country in that the people in the internet, um, city people, Sorry, can can you repeat that? You're cut off again. So yeah, I'm getting cut off. Yeah, um, uh, mainly city people and in people in Bangkok, and it's it is actually true that most of the supporters of the Red Mob were um, upcountry people, and um, the claim that they're illiterate. Well, I guess I would say they were less educated, but um, it's it's an interesting dynamic that um, people don't like to talk upon because. It's a sensitive issue, but um, the the foreign view was not completely wrong because during the time of the Yellow Mob, it was quite peaceful. Because basically, most of the people in Bangkok—I mean, it's not scientific—but um, the feeling of most people in Bangkok is probably like they agree with the Yellow Mob; they don't like Thaksin. Mm. But the Red Mob, there was a lot of um, violence because, well, people—I mean, people like the current the the opposition to the government. Tuxin's gov- government and things like that, and also the Red Mob took control of the the main part of the city. I mean, made shopping complexes like that, and you can't have that, right? <laughs> of course not. <laughs> yeah. um, Turkey, uh, Sean, anything to add about this or? Uh, not not really. It's just uh, it's all about the reds and yellows, and uh, I think what most people here found interesting how they kept on going to the airport taking control of the airport stopping all the flights and destroying the economy both of them so mm. yeah. which is basically the economy of thailand is most number one is tourism and when you close the airports just you're hurting everybody yeah i guess it's it's the easiest way to get hurt though but, yeah, yeah, but um, when they took control of the, of the airport, I mean, there was outrage with kind of like just through voices because the airport was in, like, in the city. Mm. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, uh, sh- yep. Um, no, nothing really. Okay. <laughs> uh, but, Sean? Um, if anyone has any questions, it would be easier for me to talk about it because there's... Sure. If I tell him, I'm just going to bore you out because there are so no, many. No, I, th- I think you you painted a, a very uh, comprehensive picture of this situation, and certainly uh, you taught me more in five minutes about all this than I've heard in months of reporting. So, um, Sean, any anything uh, from you? I'm I'm just listening. I'm I am completely the ignorant American uh, in this scenario, and and know incredibly little about it so i'm just taking it in thank you but you've you've actually heard about this red shirt versus yellow shirt thing right red versus blue is that what we're talking <laughs> about okay no, I, honestly i have i have not i'll be, okay. I'll be honest yeah no, I, sure. I i am the ignorant american here i don't necessarily make it a point to follow world news so 
No, but still, I mean, this is, you know, this is what this show is about. It's not about uh, people who are, who are supposed to know about everything. It's about normal people having a discussion about, you know, so what happened in, in your neighborhood today, except right. the neighborhood happens to be a, a few thousand miles away. So, Awesome. All right. Uh, well, thank you very much, uh, Lertad, for, for, for this uh, little summary. Um, no problem. Thanks for listening. <laughs> no problem. Um, let's move on to something else. I think another thing that someone wanted to talk about was um, uh, Kerwin wanted to mention something that happened in France, which I actually haven't heard a lot about. Um, yeah. Well, go ahead, Kerwin. So, well, there was a video that circulated with quite a number of people that I know here in the UK. Um, uh, La Courneuve is, I guess, a middle ring suburb in the north of Paris. It's right. in the band of suburbs where you might have had a lot of car burnings in 2006. Uh, cars are burning all the time there, but yes. <laughs> right. So there was a protest. There was a tenement building that was uh, considered a condemned building and there were a number of um, African immigrants, pro possibly sans-papier, uh, people without immigration papers, who were living in these buildings and they staged a protest because they basically, were all about I, the I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, sans-papier means basically illegal immigrants. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, the video that was circulated shows riot police trying to break up ring of fit women protesters. There's a lot of women with children and pregnant women who are forming a ring sitting on the ground. And the video shows women, the riot police coming in and dragging women out along the ground by their legs or by their arms or whatever they can do to break up the circle. And in the video, there's a there's a one-year-old baby that falls to the ground when the mother is dragged along and then the baby is dragged along the ground as well. Um, and then a lot of the women were pregnant. So it's, um, it's the... I don't know the background of the journalist who's written about this. Her name is Nabila Ramdani, but the article that she wrote to describe this story is also an extremely emotive story. And uh, she constructs a whole narrative that Nicolas Sarkozy, uh, the president, is to blame for inciting <coughs> violence in the police and for creating a huge xenophobic discourse in the country right now. So I put this together with earlier reports uh, um, in the last couple of months that he is on a large campaign to close down Roma camps, people who used to be called gypsies. So um, Romans and other travellers who uh, set up in tent camps in cities throughout the country. There's about 300 that he's closing down and deporting. 200 of those settlements are Roma. So I'm, it's painting a very dark picture of Sarkozy right now. Um, and, I mean, when I was living in France and I lived through that election and I... I couldn't vote, but I, at the time I thought I would probably have voted for Sarkozy because the socialist, um, the socialist leader didn't seem competent enough to run a government. And all my French friends around me were warning me 
that uh, this is going to ruin the country socially if he continues. And it seems like that's what's happening. So I'm, I want to know how much this perception is true and how much of this is me reading The Guardian too much. <laughs> um, all right. So I, when I said I didn't hear too much about it, it's kind of true, but I also heard a, a little bit because obviously it's been a huge, uh, a huge story. Um, it, it's not an easy thing to answer. First of all, I'd like to say that obviously there is no excuse for that kind of behavior. I mean, dragging <coughs> pregnant women and one-year-olds by, by their feet, no matter what the issue is, should not happen in, in this country or any civilized country or yeah. any country at all. That, that's, I think we're all agreed on that. Right. Okay. Now, um, giving the, the, the wider um, situation... There are a lot of different elements. Um, first of all, I don't think that the situation is any different from the one that you witnessed when you thought you would probably vote for Sarkozy. There is an issue of the country coming off of uh, 20 or 30, well, 20 and some years of socialism where immigration has become an issue and it, it's going to sound, sound incredibly harsh but there is a problem with immigration in this country where there's a lot of i don't know if you know that expression uh, angelism meaning you, you 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 say that you have very noble and humanitarian uh, intentions with no um regard to the the economical and political consequences of what you're proposing for example regarding immigration there are a lot of people that would say we can't deport illegal immigrants you can't do that because you know they come from a country where they have a, a lot of poverty they wouldn't have any opportunity to uh come out of that poverty if it weren't for france so then you come you, you start asking okay so we need to we cannot deport anyone at all and they will tell you well no you you can't deport anyone and you could should even open the 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 borders and accept anyone which then becomes completely unrealistic because so you have that that feeling that that uh humanitarian feeling that everyone has that is let's just you know, if if you look at it, you would like to to welcome everyone. What Sarkozy is saying, we can't welcome is we can't welcome everyone. We have to be selective about the people who we you know about immigration, and that is met with a lot of uh, animosity on the, the 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 left side of the political spectrum. And I would even go as far as to say uh, it's used as a tool against Sarkozy to demonize him and to make him sound like a lot worse than what he actually is and what he is proposing. And given but his the language has been very strong at different times. Um he well he does have a strong somewhat strong language. There is this very famous quote of him him saying, Do you know Karsher? What the the kosher uh, is? It's pronounced kosher in English. Kosher it doesn't really mean the same thing. Okay, so what it is uh, for us is this brand of uh, pressure 
pressurized water cleaning oh, tool. Okay, a right? very different thing then. Oh, okay. Oh no, kosher. You were talking about uh, kosher food, right? So yeah. I've actually been misunderstanding that quote for five years. <laughs> All right. Very interesting. Um, yes, that quote was that we need to clean the 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 suburbs with that tool, meaning we need to be very strong and efficient, not efficient, very strong and unforgiving uh, to get rid of the filth. Um, mm. So which it's is the idea that the, that it's filth, the idea of calling people filth and calling them scum, the word rakai that he used. Yes, so but the thing is... the. Sorry, what, go ahead. What's happening with the Roma communities that he's trying to evict is he's calling Roma, all Roma people criminals. Yes and no. The thing is, uh, there is an, an, an issue of people considering any... Uh, it's, it's the post-60s and 70s, you know, the, the, the May 68, uh, uh, spring of 68... Mm-hmm. Uh, philosophy where you can't say anything is bad period like for example if you say uh a criminal is a criminal then you're going to be looked at it strangely because no he had a rough childhood i'm painting a very in very broad strokes strokes here but obviously sarkozy has an issue with um for example the people in these suburbs who are Throwing so, for example, if you would say you can't throw stones at the police, and if you do that, you're a criminal and you need to be locked up, people would take that in a different context and paint it as um, uh, very uh, um, uh, anti. You know, it's far right. Basically, the yeah. the left is painting him as far right. He has a, a very strong language sometimes but i would say it's very uh, polit- uh political game um to make it seem worse than he is and that is a general feeling that has been going on since the beginning of of uh, uh his i was going to say his reign his uh <laughs> his uh holding this post like you would have people from the left side of the of the, <coughs> the argument being afraid that he would Basic, that he would put uh, give ad, um, ad, difficult children in in um, in schools uh, anti uh, drugs. Basically, you you literally had people coming to uh, to to me just to make things clear. I did vote vote for him, and even though I'm not a hundred percent behind him now, I I do still think that there is a lot of uh, half truths being said about his action and so you would have people coming to me saying i don't want my children to be drugged in school like literally concerned that they would have uh, uh, that kind of things happening with sarkozy in power in the same way maybe that uh people from the right in the u.s would be afraid that you would have death panels uh deciding who would live and who would die under uh obama's um uh, uh new health reform it, it's or the, the same flu kind virus of shots in schools. I'm sorry. Or the flu virus shots in schools when there was an avian flu scare. The, there were a lot of right wing commentators in the US uh, scared that their children were going to be injected with drugs for the right. anti flu. Yeah. And and so 
obviously he is playing this Sarkozy is playing to the right and you know trying to be a little bit more a little bit more tough on crime but there are issues that he is talking about that are real issue that Roma uh, community that you're talking about um, there is a big problem like in in the in the um, uh, capitals in France you have underground um, uh, networks of um, mobs just not mobs I'm sorry um, mafia actually importing people under the promise of a, a good job in, in a, in a um, first world country and then having them be become beggars on the streets and basically holding them hostage. You have people, you have girls being forced into uh, prostitution. You have, like, there are real issues. That right, but if that's the issue, then you criminalize the people smugglers, not the beggars themselves. Yeah, can I ask a question here? I mean, sure. how much of this, uh, as, as you see it, is about the real issues, about the detrimental effects of certain immigrant populations or certain immigrants versus an identity? Because um, I know here in the States, that's what a lot of it is. It's America for Americans, and we're American, and you come here, you speak English. And, and there are issues to be addressed, but there's also just this is who we are and damn it we're not going to change um, I, think it, I think it's could, uh, I, could I give the outside opinion sure go ahead and then Patrick the inside opinion my reading from the outside as an outsider living in France is that it's not the same kind of identity it's not about what it means to be French but um, so it's much more moderate than what you get in the US but it is a little bit about what it means to be secular um, and the history, the the way that the mm. republic is tied up with secularism, um, is a is a bit more the critical point when it comes to the the larger debates about identity. But I think when it comes to these kind of um, claims of xenophobia, it, it it's not really an issue. This it's a, mm. it's it's a I think it's more about what Patrick is saying. Uh, with this kind of universal openness, this idea that the borders are completely open—that's something that's more of a problem. That's more of an issue. That uh, that the coming out from the left, they don't know how to resolve the ambitions of the '68 revolution with uh, the economic and demographic realities of the day. Exactly. I mean, there, there is. I wouldn't say there's probably. The thing you describe, Sean, would probably be the far right party called the Front National, which would mm -hmm. be, you know, which would have that kind of uh, concerns. And equating this with Sarkozy's party's ideas is some. The, the, basically, the left is doing that, is saying that's the same thing. But it's really not. Uh, the, the, the right wing party of Sarkozy is just. There are, as uh, Kerwin was saying, demographic and economical issues that need to be addressed and that you cannot address if you take an angelist approach to the issue of anyone can come in. Um, the, the, the French culture is very much about openness and sort of a melting pot. You know, the France geographically is placed in the middle of Europe, so we've always had people coming from really? everywhere and... Uh, and adapting and becoming French. And that is not, I don't think, a problem. The, the well, problem but there's a difference there. You said becoming French. 
What yes. if they don't want to become French, but they want to be in France? Then they can be in France and not have the French nationality, I would think. My, my immediate gut, you know, gut reaction is, mm -hmm. if you don't want to become French, then you don't become French. You know, okay. there is a certain amount of things that are expected of you, uh, like adhering to... And that's funny, I didn't really quite make the connection, but I do come back to what Kerwin was saying. Secular society is very important. Knowing the French language is very important. Uh, agreeing to um, uphold the French ideals is very important. Uh, there are certain things you are expected to do if you want to become French. And maybe that paints me as somewhat right-wing. Um, but I think this is the idea that Sarkozy also, is also defending. It's not just an open house, right? If, if you're welcome to come in, stay, you know, uh, work, raise your children, if you, you know, if you, have, if you have work or whatever. But if you want to become French... You, are, you will get benefits from it, but you're also expected to, quote-unquote, work for it. I don't know if that's the best way to say well, see, it. Yeah. See, I, I, and maybe I'm, I'm not hearing quite right. You know, I'm hearing there is a, a legal expectation if you want to reside in the country of France, but then there is kind of a, a higher expectation that is not legal, but that if you don't live up to that, you are going to be looked down on. Um, no, I wouldn't say that because most of the time it's not an issue. You know, actually, the the legal expectation is. Hmm, it, it's an interesting way of putting it. I would actually, I, I would revise my 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 assertion of this and say whether you're French or not, if you're here, you're expected to conduct yourself in a way that's respectful of the French laws for lack of a better word sure that seems um, reasonable yeah but you talked about ideals you talked about laws and you talked no, okay. about ideals for, yeah for example you're not necessarily you don't necessarily need to speak french to be in france you know mm -hmm. things like that you if you want to live here it's fine if you and actually you're not hmm. yeah no i think it's 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 reasonable to expect someone to speak french if they want to be french right or at least not not to expect them people to accommodate to them i suppose um i mean that's another... the issue here is that we have lots of spanish speakers and people but people get know, upset when businesses offer services in spanish for example you know it's interesting that you're you're uh, talking about this specifically because i've been trying to to fit that expectation into my view of the issue and as Kerwin was saying again from the beginning it's really not that same issue we don't have a problem with people becoming French you know if that's really not the issue the the problem we have is illegal a lot of these illegal immigrants do speak French and mm -hmm. they probably conduct themselves in ways that would be completely befitting of what we expect of someone who would become French. That's not really the issue. The problem would be, you know, we can't, we really are in the middle of Europe and we are a gateway from uh, uh, the Eastern countries and uh, Northern Africa to the South. And we just have a problem of too many immigrants. That's, it's just plain and simple too much immigration and we have on one side of the political aisle some people saying 
some people thinking in the in the population we should open it up to everyone and then on the left side of the political spectrum of political officials people's playing on that feeling to say look at them they want to close it down and then when you actually ask them on the left side what do you think we should do they also think that we should regulate immigration so there's a very hypocritical way of accusing the right side of doing something when you actually want to do more or less the same thing. Now, you can debate on, on the amount of regulation, but mm -hmm. you do want to regulate. And a lot of people who would vote for the left side believe that, you know, they would think we have to open it up because it's more humane when that's not actually what anyone is arguing we should do. And those people who believe that they are being humane by thinking we should open it up are looking at Sarkozy and being manipulated into thinking that he is completely, uh, you know, diabolical in the way he conducts his affairs. Uh, now, I have to admit that there are some, some um, incidents, like the one that, that we are talking about here, that are concerning and that should definitely be addressed. Uh, but I don't think that's putting the whole issue in question because of that incident. Mm -hmm. Is this know. a good time okay. to segue? Because you've, you've both mentioned secularism a couple times. Right. Uh, I, I just want to make sure that my, my, I was being you know, clear. And if you guys have sure. questions about this, uh, Kerwin Turkey or Latad, you've been very quiet, you guys, for a little bit because I've talked too much. Yes, you do. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kerwin, was that a satisfactory explanation, or did I possibly? I think there's um, there's an issue which is not ideological um, in the particular story that happened with these riot police. It's just it's that I noticed um, between 2002, uh, my first travels in France, and then moving there again in 2005, the far greater numbers of police on the streets, it was something that I could just feel on the streets, and it's confirmed by the numbers as well. And this, this is the time that Sarkozy was the Minister for the Interior. So there was a large drive of uh, getting new police recruits, and I think there's a becomes a problem of professionalism when you have so many young recruits operating in the workforce with those increased numbers that it it changes the it can change the culture of the police force mm. quite a lot as well and i think that's something that's that's still playing out i would agree i don't think that you know this incident made a lot of noise obviously uh, there wasn't a, a huge amount of incidents like this uh over the years there were a few i could could point to but Every time you point to those, there is a, an interpretation of them that's very polarized on both sides. I guess what I'm saying is sometimes there is a situation that degenerates uh, and the left side will take advantage of it and paint it as a generalization of a situation that is becoming worse on a societal level, but I don't think is warranted in that scope. Okay. But, um, Uh, all right, so Sean, you wanted to talk burkas. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm just, you know, I, I'm following this as it comes up, and 
as a person of faith, as as you know, a minister, as you know, a professional faith. Let's put my biases right out front there. This is how right. I make I, my I, living. It's what I believe. It's what I get a paycheck from. <laughs> that being said, when, when I hear and read about you know, you you can't wear a burqa, you can't w- public displays of religion or wear certain things. I I don't understand it for one thing, and I and my wife has a cousin who has her PhD in French literature, has lived in France, and she tries to explain this to me, and I'm just not getting the the, the fundamental underpinnings of, of where this is coming from. Um, so you're referring to, for those who don't know, um, a an incident, a series of incidents, and a law that was voted recently uh, forbidding uh, women from wearing the burqa which is the burqa is that full uh, garment uh, islamic garment which covers the face completely uh maybe you guys can correct me if i'm saying something wrong yeah a, yeah a veil that covers the full face right um and turkey and i have been debating this uh, quite a bit and we have I've I've gone back and forth on, on this issue, but I guess the one thing I'd like to say about about your interpretation of it, Sean, is I understand why people would think it is a, a religious issue, but I really don't believe. <clears throat> maybe some people are against it for religious reasons. I really don't think it's the majority, um, or. Hmm. It's difficult to explain. It's not, but, but it has religious implications. Of course, because it's a religious, uh, religious, you know, vestment. It's a religious requirement in some Islamic uh, interpretations uh, uh, that women have to wear that complete, you know, full face cover, veil uh, thing. And our problem, I would think that our problem with it, it's a very complicated legal and moral issue. Our problem with it is not necessarily the, the, the religious aspect of it. It's the fact that it's very discriminatory towards women. And the reason why I am vehemently against it is that it's an insidious way of asserting male power over women under religious guise. Uh, now, what makes it really complicated is that when you want to legislate against it, it appears very anti-religious. And, of course, it has that these underpinnings because, you know, it's a religious issue. But it's, it's really only part of the problem. The reason why I and many others, I, I believe, are against it is maybe we're coming back to that French identity issue – You know, it, if if you want to take it into a very populist way of saying it, it's like, in France, we don't make our women wear this, you know, cover their faces. In France, everyone is, is free to do whatever they want. And, and it's sort of contradictory because you're telling them you can't do that, you can't wear it. But it's sort of a, a case of going against something for a larger reason to, to Now, protect more liberties. Can I ask, or can I ask, I am going to ask... <laughs> Are you banning – I mean, is the purpose behind it to ban this specific item of clothing, or is there 
the the philosophy, the religion, the practices, the beliefs that go along with a specific item of clothing. I realize the laws about the clothing, but is the in, do you think there's an intent in there to say there's a certain set of practices and belief about women that go along with this that we as a country are trying to say your practices are not cr- All right. right. Let, we, can't, we can't legislate practices, but we can legislate clothing. Let's let's put it this way. If religion doesn't excuse everything, if a religion was saying we need to excise women when they're 12, France as a country would say you can't do that. And it's not for religious reason. It's just that humanly you cannot impose that on another person. Of course, the, the burqa is not as bad, but it's the same sentiment that is behind it. Now, whether or not it has religious reasons or, you know, religious implications or what you are trying to legiferate, you know, to legislate on doesn't really matter. What matters to us is that you cannot force someone into that, force this onto someone. So how about, all right, let me, and and maybe I'm I'm throwing up a a bad argument here, but surely in France there are other practices that are legal and accepted that show the same attitude or discrimination against women, whether it's strip clubs or um, other religions that, that say, you know, certain Christian religions say that women cannot have authority over men, they must not teach men. Um, that, that seems to me some other clear examples of the discrimination towards women, but I don't know if there's any... Mm. Am, I, am I off base here? Um, I would say that strip clubs, you can also have male strip clubs. It's not really discriminatory when you have both. In in the intent of that really, uh, Borka issue, <laughs> I, I can assure you there are. How do you think I put myself through college? No, I no, mean, I really, can't. do you think just the existence of the fact that there's male strippers doesn't mean that the female stripping industry is not harmful and discriminatory as women? Um, I would say it's less discriminatory. It's horrible, sure. I mean, but it's not as bad because in my opinion, again, we're getting very personal here, but in my opinion, it's sort of building a a psychological prison around the woman that maybe she is not even aware of. And I honestly believe that this is a bad thing that we should try to to fight. Now, whether or not we should legislate it is another issue, but definitely on the on the spirit of it, I'm a hundred percent against. I mean, it. isn't this just an attempt yeah. to legislate morality rather than specific practices? Um, I, I mean, what, what so. is so horrible about wearing this garment? Just the fact of wearing this garment, nothing else. What is so horrible about it that it must be made illegal? I think it is a very clear um, demeaning. Of women, it means it's it's signaling women are worth less than men. But it, that's uh, well, wait, 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 wait. How, but that's a belief behind how does that. How does that make women are less valuable than men? Well, the 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 fact that women should do something that men okay, shouldn't. How, okay, tell me who's more valuable. Well, uh, if a woman. Stands and fights for her man until she dies to protect him, or when a man sacrifices life to protect his wife. I'm not now, sure what you mean. This is the tradition. A man, he, in, in, in the Islamic world, a man would rather die than to see any harm happen to his wife. So, are you telling me that that shows that the woman is uh, not that really value? 
It's less value than man? I would say that if you consider your woman to be your possession, then yes, it's showing less value than... And, and if the woman is, is happy with that, you're saying you know better than her? I'm sure there were happy slaves when slavery was, was authorized. Yeah, doesn't and mean it's still, right. And, and they, it doesn't mean it's right, but they, they were happy. You can't come and tell. If the slave decides, you know, I don't want to be free. Let me the way I am. Yes, Do you have I agree. the right to force That's, him? That is exactly the same issue. And I, I am saying, yes, as a society, we should forbid slavery, even if there are some slaves that are happy to be slaves. You have to tell them, I'm sorry, sir, you cannot belong. As a person, you cannot belong to another person. We have to decide as a society about this. But here's the and, difference. All right. This is, this is, you just said as a society. So you're yeah. telling that your society, which is the French society, is right. And these, the other society who about maybe, I would assume, Burger maybe, well, let's see, a few hundred million people follow are wrong. Um, I would say that at some point there is a lot of uh, relat uh, relativity you can make about cultures. But at some point you have to make a decision and say who is right and who is wrong, yes. If as, you decide as, who is your, who's right and who is wrong, but they're willing, why would you force your... So you, you're saying that when Saudi Arabia says, when people come here, well, Christians are not allowed to have churches in Saudi Arabia, then our society, since all of our society agrees, we agree on this and we think this is the right, then we're right. Um, I would say... G forbidding churches is going a little bit far, but, um, you know, I understand the sentiment. Forcing, forcing women in Saudi Arabia, telling them they have to cover up when they go in public. No, I think mm. that's acceptable. Mm. So, so it's here's okay my... for us. Um, um, Left out, go oh, ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious about, I mean, this, this law has passed for a while, right? Yeah, it, just, it, it was yeah, passed it was, a couple of months ago. Yeah. Um, well, I'm curious for yeah, kind of like, a couple of... It was oh, voted okay. on, but yeah. Yeah, it went okay. to the parliament. I think it's going up now. It has to be approved by, I think, yeah. what, the legislative. And, and by the way, it might be judged next year. It, it might be judged uh, unconstitutional, by the way, but we'll see. Uh, yeah, yeah so go ahead, Latan. First, I kind of Oh, go, so come, come again. You're, you were cut off. Hmm. Uh -huh. And the second would be like, I thought the law started, so I was wondering about kind of like the sentiment or what has happened within the Islamic community. In, in France, you mean? Is, is there the general, do you know the general feeling of the people that will actually be impacted? I mean, the women? Well, the thing is, the other, the other issue is there are very few women who would actually be impacted. Uh, it, it's sort of a very visible issue, but it doesn't affect a lot of people. Uh, obviously, the Islamic community is taking it at heart and thinking some would think we are, that they are being discriminated against, but again, the extreme... The, 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 the community that goes to the extreme of demanding that women wear the burqa is so small that I think overwhelmingly the country is against the burqa as an idea. Now, again, if if they if they whether or not we should le legislate on it is a different topic. But overwhelmingly, the French society is against it. I would I would think. But I w I would say my my point still is that this is not about discrimination against women. This is about religion, because you're not 
there's nothing there's nothing inherent about wearing women being covered from head to toe that is being banned here. If a woman went around in a potato sack with eyes cut out of it, she wouldn't be going against this law because it's not a burqa. Well, there I, are I some there there are some people who would say yes, you know, you that would I don't know exactly how the law is worded, but it's possible that it would be, you know, you can't cover cover yourself completely with the obvious, you know, intent of applying it to the burqa. But the 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 thing is, if you take it as that alone, you know, being covered from head to toe, obviously it's not a problem. The the issue is that the burqa carries more than just the fact that you are covered from head to toe completely. The burqa carries a certain uh a certain attitude and a certain um certain uh, religious attitude. No, 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 a certain philosophy of it's really got to do with women. It I, I mean, I understand that you take it as something very religious, Sean, because, well, obviously you're a religious person and your country is engulfed in in religiosity, but... Yes and no. <laughs> well, I mean, religion Not necessarily is in a good way, how about that? Okay. <laughs> but um, in, in here, I honestly... I might be mistaken, you know, it's only my opinion, but I honestly believe that it's not... You might have, you know, some spikes of people going like yeah you keep them them arabs away maybe but the, the all everyone who's seriously thinking about it is against it because there is something eerie about the way that women are treated under that philosophy it it really you, means you can't make laws based on an eerie feeling it's not just an eerie feeling it's the idea that's that, what they tried to do in california <laughs> it's the idea that women should should not be looked upon by other men so we are going to cover them up it's really ch treating But them I, I as property so, so so patrick are you saying the next on your uh, agenda are uh, uh, nuns well mm. see that it's always it's always the that line is difficult to draw but you know when you're over it and i would say that obviously you know nuns are not an issue the 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 not the complete they're, they're, they're also banned from getting married so wait, wait a second wait a second wait a second the, yeah. the there is also the issue of the, the the islamic veil that is not full you know only the the the, the face is visible yeah. and that is not wear, an issue you can't wear in in public places and schools or, or is that Yeah, exactly. Yeah, in She schools, wear it in correct. Schools or any or Jewish, place. Jewish skull caps, yes. um, crosses. Well, again, uh, you know, it's it's the 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 idea that these are difficult topics, and it's difficult to say when you're over it. But you can discuss the whole Islamic, you know, um, veil. How do you call it, Turkey, when it's not the full one with the? the it's a veil. Veil. Okay, or just scarf. the veil, but. Yeah. The, the the veil in general is debated. The, the topic of school is a completely different topic that I would be happy to engage you guys on uh, at another time. But let's let's keep it on the side for now. But in public, the veil is perfectly okay. It only becomes a problem when you get to the burqa completely, obs you know, obscuring your your face. I think once again, I think it, I'd like to speak for a while because I think Patrick and Turkey will continue. Uh, Go ahead. <laughs> so, okay. So, uh, 
the wording, as I understand it, is the voile integral in English. That is the complete. Literally means the complete veil. So, as distinguished from the headscarf, which is what you're talking about a moment ago. Yeah. The, it, so, the easiest way to say it in English is probably actually to say the full face veil. Okay. So, it's a law against the full face veil. And the way that it's been worded is that the law is the purpose of the law is um, against the concealment of the face. So, firstly, let's go to the the idea of a full face veil. The Catholic, the Christian Church, um, has the tradition of a bride to be covering her face before the marriage. Oh, come on! Seriously. This is the this is this is why this is why I believe that to legislate on this particular issue is absurd, because if you say that full face veil is illegal, then a Christian woman should not be allowed to wear a full face veil on the morning of her marriage in public. This is, ridiculous. and that tradition is is rooted in some pretty sexist uh, beliefs. The veiling Christian veiling a woman in a Christian wedding is is pretty sexist. Really, you guys are equating the marriage veil to the burqa. Yes, that you are supposed to wear all the time in public. That basically, no, I'm showing that this is about religion and not about no, discrimination. No, you're blurring lines. You're blurring lines. The, the, this is about so, one so, particular so, religion. So, so, Patrick, is it okay for me to wear a costume in public? Yeah, this is the next point I was going to say. It's against. It's about if it's about not concealing the face. Does that mean Halloween costumes are allowed? Does that mean yeah. koala suits on Greenpeace activists? <laughs> well, first of all, koala suits are ridiculous, no matter what. But um, so don't be discriminating furries. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that to create a law, partly because it is so specifically targeted at a particular. Um, it's at a particular gender, at a particular um, a religious group, at such a small number of people. I think in a lot of a lot of English-speaking common law systems, uh, it would be struck down because it's not a universally universally applicable law, and it's not it can't it wasn't designed to be. It, it wouldn't hold up in quite a lot of English-speaking constituencies. Well, but, thank God we don't have an English uh, common law system then, don't we? Well, no, but I mean, I, mean, my, I think that if we're going to complain about it as an act of repression, then we're then if it's a if it's a question about repression, then they were, we're really really being distracted by something incredibly superficial. If the French com- mm-hmm. society is concerned about the repression of women, then they should investigate the repression of women inside and outside the house in mosques, in churches, in whatever other institutions. It's not simply telling women that they can't wear a veil in public is not going to prevent the whatever massive repression of women that French society believe is going on in their society. If anything, it will make it worse because it will mean that the women who previously went out in public now have to stay at home because they don't want to go out without their veil. I, so I disagree. That's one, it's, that's, and there's okay, another point that I need to make here, which is that the, this whole discourse ignores the number of women and young women who wear it uh, out of their own free will, who wear it as a sign of ethnic heritage, who wear, as a, mm. who wear it as a rejection of elements of 
liberal French society that they don't agree with, even though they are well integrated into other aspects of the education system and the social structure. I think I think it's all would be, would be interesting that I just recently read an article which claims that majority of these women in France who wear the burqa are uh, actually converts, French converts. Yeah, that's that's that wouldn't surprise me. But uh, okay, I I want to reiterate again. I'm not certain it's a good thing to legislate on this because there are huge issues that are very easily pointed to as Kerwin and others have, you know, amusingly uh, done. But it's it's can we can we agree on a basic principle that the burqa is discriminatory towards women. Look, I can By agree with associated I, with the religion. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I can agree on this. I can agree that burqa in concept overall I think is stupid. I don't think it's even part of religion. But I also agree uh, say that nobody has the right to put a law that tells people they cannot wear it. Right, right, right. Turkey, that's not my question. If can my we... wife chooses today to go out and wear a burqa, no, that that's, is not discriminatory. That is it's not what I'm asking. That is not what I'm asking. the religion, religion that we practice tells her that she must wear a burqa, that there may be beliefs of that religion related to the burqa that are discriminatory. The practice itself is not discriminatory. The religious reasons behind it may be, and, and to say this is not about religion, I think, is false. What about, well, hey, wait a second. I'm the one who lives in the country that's doing that. Um, what about the practice of excision? Should that be legislated against? Ex I'm not familiar. Uh, excision. Uh, don't you call it ex ex excision? Um, Kerwin, help me circumcision? out Circumcision? Female circumcision, basically. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that, that is, yeah, that okay. should be outlawed, regardless of what, yeah, what the system is tied to. Okay, what if it's religious, if it's done for religious reasons? Doesn't matter. Okay, so it's you not, agree. It's, so not, you it's, not, it's, it's not religious, there's no religious uh, that's uh, Because I can show you things that no matter what reason it's done for, why it is harmful. Yeah. Okay. You can't show me why wearing a burqa, no matter what reason it's done for, why it's harmful. What if I... I prove to you let's say let's stay in in theoretical land if i prove to you that if, or if i show you that uh the the wearing of the burqa is associated with severe discrimination against women in those settings and that's, that's a contributing factor associated that's, or caused that's, that's well, just connotation it's not denotation there's causation and correlation you're talking correlation. I say no. I'm saying very strong. Let's let's say it's very strong correlation. Because, okay, for me, the ultimate, the ultimate uh, power you can have over someone, short of actually owning them, would be to make them uh, conceal their, their. You know, that is the. You're sort of. It, I think that's supposed Patrick, to be Patrick, 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 uh, wait, you, Let me let me finish. Let, let me, me say finish, that, let me say this first. I just gonna say, I would love to invite you to Saudi Arabia and introduce you to women who wear burger and who are in charge. It doesn't matter. Of course, you can have people who are in charge. It's a general. Uh, um, it's a general attitude. Some of, some of them are even single. 
They're not married. Nobody's forcing them. They have a business. They they own millions. They travel a lot, and they wear a burqa. It it doesn't mean that wearing a burqa is good. It might mean that doesn't they mean are. It's bad. I no that specific example but, doesn't but, mean it's but, bad. But there you, are examples. But, yeah, if you, you said you said it's an oppression. How is, is a woman oppressed when she's free? She can travel. She has her own business. She earns money. She has men under her who she commands. And so, how is that oppressed? You are maintaining that wearing a burqa, divorced from any religious connotation or any specific belief system or reasoning, is oppressive. It's a symptom of an oppression. Yes. Yeah. So address the. The oppression, not the symptom. It's very difficult to address what's in people's minds. But it's not... It, but uh, you do need to address the social relationships of people, and that is more fundamental than worrying about what's on the outside of their skin. I mean, yes, you yourself have cannot... said there's so few women that wear burqas in France. This really doesn't affect anyone. So what difference does this really make? I agree. Again, I'm trying to Except talk... Except to bolster seculars. I'm talking about the theoretical idea of the burqa and its underpinnings. And you <laughs> guys pl- keep coming back... The platonic back. idea? I'm sorry? The platonic idea? Like, <laughs> like... No, but seriously, you guys keep coming back to specific examples. I'm talking about the... It's, it's, again, it's as if I was saying, you know what, guys? Um, the the idea of slavery of someone belonging to someone else is wrong. It's fundamentally wrong. Now maybe it does work in some uh, societies. You know, in in the U.S. before it was abolished, you had slaves that were in charge in, of whole plantations, and you had slaves that were super happy to be slaves and who had food on their table every day, and who had children who were happy running in the fields of cotton, and they were ha- were leading a wonderful life. Okay, that may be so, but the idea of belonging of one man belonging to another is still wrong. And right, but the idea of wearing something that covers you from head to toe, as we've pointed out, there are numerous examples of people who do that for various reasons. What so, if, def- so again, I'm trying to come back to what I was saying five minutes ago before you, you, you stopped me, which was, to me, now maybe I, you disagree, to me... The burqa is a symbol, is sort of an ambulatory prison. This is why I'm so against it. It's, it's, why? A system, it's a system that puts someone in a prison and that will not why? let them... What do you why, mean? Why, why is it a prison? Well, let's suppose that for some, through some sort of social construct, we forced um, redhead, redheaded people no, to No, no, walk no. Why, why, why is a burqa a prison? Because it shields you the from p- the outside world. But that uh, might be a shield. So a shield is a defensive thing. It's a, I don't a think shield it's is a... De- is well, a well, what do you mean yeah, it, I don't it think shields it you from the outside world? It cuts you off from the outside world. I don't how? know how... Because you have a... a, a Just because you can't be seen, you can't go places, you can't interact with people. You, I mean, how does it cut you off? I think psychologically it has a very strong effect. It's it's and you it's think? not just it's not wait, wait a second it's not let's, just let's put Patrick in a burqa. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's and the that's the thing. Even though some of these these women agree to wear it, I think that it's more complex than that. It's it's a system that forces them in the end to wear it, and some of them might agree, but 
the thing is, even if you don't agree, if this system becomes generalized in your social setting, you don't have a choice. And that is the biggest issue. If you want to wear a panda suit, you know, for at a at a uh, um, uh, meeting, then you can wear that panda suit panda and you can take it presents. off. Then, then, but if you you are in the social setting that expects you to wear a burqa, then at some you know at some level you can't take it off. And that's when it becomes dangerous and when it becomes oppressive. What so if women uh, are in a tradition where they have to so, wear dresses so, so, versus so pants? So are you in a social setting where women are required to wear burqa and pants? Mm, I, I think some very few cases might be yes. So if a woman goes out and doesn't wear burqa, she will be in trouble in France. It might be that her family would um, make uh, trouble for it, yes. Okay, now you're talking about something different. You're talking about a woman being forced to wear a yes. burqa. That's a completely different situation. Well, there are different ways of forcing a woman to do something, but you know, it's, I'm not saying they're, 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 I'm not saying that all the women, these women are. It's a more complex social dynamic. If you get into a system where it becomes acceptable, you know, to to expect that from a woman, then it becomes a problem. It becomes a different kind of society. A kind, you know, it's the same way that if it becomes acceptable to own people, then you have a problem. If it becomes acceptable for to treat women that differently, that discrimin in, in that much of a discriminatory fashion, then we have a problem. And I'm not saying women, men and women are completely equal. Obviously, Sean, you're right. Women are expected, women wear dresses sometimes. Yes, I agree. But, but there are traditions that require them to wear dresses versus pants. Should that be outlawed in France too? I'm not saying that the partial veil should be outlawed. But what if they're required to? You know, I mean, the, the partial veil is still a symbol uh, of yes, oppression, oppression and discrimination. You say. I agree. I, I, I actually agree. I'm just saying it doesn't go so far that we should legislate on it. And again, I'm not saying that I'm certain we should legislate on the on the integral veil. But... Uh, you know, I'm. I'm again. I'm a very. It, it would have been interesting to have a woman on this panel. I didn't think it was going to take so much of the conversation, but um, oh, I'm well, a feminist last, at the heart. The last time we had a woman on the panel, she said, "If if she's doing it because she wants to, she has the right to." Yeah, but it, it, she was talking about Not that in specific. Yeah, I'm sorry. She doesn't have the right to in France, France apparently. Yeah. No, she doesn't. So France discriminates against women who want to wear burqas. Yes. France also discriminates against men who want to own other men and against uh, men who what, would like to do female circumcision uh, on their men, daughters. What about men who want to wear burqas? That is oh, perfectly acceptable and even celebrated. No, I'm really? kidding. Um, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Letad, you've been very silent uh, in the past few minutes. Do, do you want to talk about this at all? or No, kind of. Well, I, I think I see where all, you're, all of you are coming from. And um, Patrick, I, I think it's really important for me to understand this. Has France really, I mean, the issue of female suppression, has it really kind of like, been a big issue in the past history of France, kind of like equal rights, because then I can kind of understand how, you know, you, you, where the movement came from and how you think it's such an important thing that this should be outlawed if you people of France believe that it is something as a symbol of female oppression. Uh, I think you just ambushed me, ambushed me very successfully. Um, I have very strong feelings about this, but I think as a society, 
it is more about it's not about that for uh, it's partially about this for society it's not we don't have a super strong you know it's not like we're mm -hmm. scandinavia we don't have a super strong uh tradition about this we we it might be more related for france as a society partially to that because it is important and also partially to the fact that we are shielding ourselves from some of the issues that religion might bring mm -hmm. i would say you're shielding yourself from religion rather than the issues that religion might bring mm. you know it's it's interesting sean that you're clinging to that religion issue so much because we really now i'm being completely honest we really don't have religion issues in france like they, they pop up from time to time like you know the rise of uh, extreme islam islam uh, islamism like in many countries but we really don't have a problem with it christians do their thing on the you know in their corner the jews do their thing the 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 is uh, the the muslims do their thing we really don't have a problem with it really not i mean it's never an issue we never have oh you guys are oppressing us because we're we're christians or you guys are 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 trampling our rights uh, as as muslims or it never happens because we have a, a consensus of religion is a private thing that we all do in our in our private you know in the privacy of our private <laughs> but, no, but the yeah. problem with that is when a religion believes that practicing religion in a public venue is part of their requirements i mean do you say you never have problems with it but there has to have been some pushback on the burqa thing of course mm -hmm. as there was some pushback on the islamic veil in school thing as there was some pushback there were numerous but i'm just saying it's not but you general. said you never have a problem And no, now, I, I, I did qualify it. I did say it sometimes okay. happened with extreme uh, uh, Islam, as it does everywhere. I did say that. Um, but so, so, so you, there's no religious problems in uh, France? No, of course there are. <laughs> <laughs> of course there are. But I'm saying it's really not a general issue in the way that it doesn't color everything we do like so, it would in the U.S. So, so, or so in Saudi Arabia. You're, you're saying you don't have and a movement of Islamophobia in France? Um, I say there certainly is one, as there is everywhere. I would say it's not a, a general... Uh, no, I'm, what I'm saying is not everything... Very few things are colored by religion, unlike it seems to be the case in most other countries, like the US or maybe, you know, Saudi Arabia. It's It doesn't... Not every issue becomes colored by religion actually very few issues become colored by religion the and from what i understand that's intentional i mean the way yes. that you're, you're but um, I, well I, yes, I would argue yes that no. it creates a, an environment that is somewhat hostile to religion no it doesn't it's uh, again you know i i'm i'm sorry sean but i feel a little bit uh like i'm speaking from ignorance so No, well, you're speaking from a setting where you, you are living through that all the time, you know, every day. Religion is at the center of, it feels like, at the center of everything in the U.S. And, it, again, it's not in France. Now, th this story has religious connotations, but... But if I could not wear, as, as a Muslim, a Jew, or a Christian, a symbol of my religion to school... And maybe if I grew up in France, I would be used to that, and it wouldn't bother me. It would bother me incredibly here. If I couldn't wear it to work, if I worked in a public institution. 
Um, if I if I had the overwhelming feeling that I am welcome to practice my religion as long as nobody knows, that's a that's an environment that is hostile to religion, in my opinion. Um, you know what? We might have for the the betterment of all of us we might have toned down religion a little bit yes i agree in the in the sense that it always sparks unending debate that can lead to fighting sure we agree as a society you know what let's tone it down Let's keep it in the churches, the you know the um, the the mosques and the uh, synagogues, and let's not make it an issue as a society. Let's not worry about it too much. And it's worked out pretty well on that front. I mean, when I'm saying that we don't have an issue with religion, it's. I mean, I, I don't know, Kerwin. You've lived in France for uh, a few years. Do you yeah, think we, we're being anti-religious? I don't think religion is part of the social discourse per se. Do you um, think we're anti-religious? Uh, no, I'd even say that um, the vo the vocabulary of Islam, Muslim, is not as prevalent in France as it is in other countries. So I think you're fair on that point. Thank um, you. It, what What happens though is that. That probably means that the, something like the burqa, people can't talk about it in the honest ways that they need to. So, it's, Meaning uh, that it's really a religious you, issue and we can't say that it is? Uh, yeah, I think it's, it's become... Yeah, I think it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a very, very small issue that has become a symbol of a much larger unspoken struggle. Um, hmm. And I think it would be more important, far more important for the society to think about how it wants to deal with fundamentalism or extremism rather than worry about a few thousand women, many of whom want to wear the veil. Interesting. Putting I the think focus that's a good on point. Those, putting the focus on those women is not, is not where the debate needs to be. I mean... If you'd say, where do you need to start looking, uh, you'd probably need to understand uh, the teachings within the society and, uh, or the teachings within the different strands of Islam that are operating in France. Uh, ah, but see there, you make it about religion. And well, then I'm it becomes an it, even I'm more hot well, button. I, I, well, it is about religion. Yeah, no, it's, I'm agreeing with you. I'm just saying we can't do it. Because if yes. we start talking about this, then it becomes a huge religious issue. Yes. You, yeah? yeah. Letad, you were saying something? Yeah, I, I think he hit a good point because we kind of have, you know, it's kind of like it's never been an issue before. So, I mean, once the issue raises, it becomes very hard to talk about because in Thailand, it's something similar in that we're a majority is a Buddhist country. But recently, there's been problems in the South, which is mainly a Muslim and uh, yeah, populated by Muslims, and it's kind of like highlighted an issue before that nobody thought about before because we all believe that you know Thailand was a free country and everyone accepted others' religious religious views, 
But once there are problems between the South and the rest of the country, it was kind of like highlighting an Islamic issue that nobody knew how to address or talk about. Hmm. You know, I do, Sean, and what these guys are saying, I do think what all of you are saying is highlighting one feeling that I'm getting talking about this is that making it about religion when it's, I do feel like it's not exactly about religion. You're sort of ruining, trying to ruin a good thing. And let me explain when I, why I'm, I'm, I mean by this. We have a system in France that really works towards religion. We don't have religious fighting. We don't, everyone is free to practice their own religion. And I think France is one of the only countries where we don't have that overwhelming religious issue that never gets resolved. And I don't think that many other countries have managed to devise a system where all these different religions can coexist without actually fighting about stuff. And the, the, the strong reaction against the Borka, I think, is somewhat, li somewhat uh, linked to it. It's because the, the Borka puts in plain sight and in plain view a religious, what I consider to be a very strong religious oppressive device. And this is why we're reacting so strongly against it. It's sort of, guys, we have a system that works, and now you're sort of ruining it and you're inciting fighting and battles and 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 uh uh and disagreement and you know that kind of thing does does it uh, make sense how are they inciting battles patrick i'm sorry how are they inciting battles how are they inciting battles how are they they, well, do they I, I, come again, in force you and tell you all france has to wear it they're just wearing it they're walking down the no, street no no again i'm they're i'm buying. saying yeah well, no what i'm saying is it is an oppressive uh, uh, device. I, uh, that's the reason why it's bad. It's because we believe this is a, an issue. You know, the, the fact that women would wear burqas is an issue because it's oppressive towards women. So now, address the oppression, not the burqa. See, and well, like how to... can you do it? How can you do it without turning it into even more of a, of a religious? Because if you try to address the oppression, then people like Sean are going to say, but wait a second, this is my religious right. Address oppression everywhere, not just in certain strains of religion, which happen to be uh, in a group that is unpopular as it is. But see, I, I would disagree with your criteria of what you say religion works in society because they're there and they don't fight. And mm -hmm. to me, that's a pretty low minimum of for religion working in a society. I would say religion works in society when it contributes in meaningful ways to society, filling... Uh, you know, doing all sorts of wonderful good things, which I think in many countries around the world where there is fighting, if you call it that, among religions, there's also incredibly positive ways religions have shaped those society. Well, I would so argue I, I don't that... Think, I, I, I would say that, yes, maybe there's not infighting among, or public infighting, or you see it in religions, but I would guess there are good things that happen because of religion in other countries that are not happening in France. Um, well... First of all, I would say I'm sure I think France is doing fine without religion, meaning on a on a uh, governmental standpoint, from a societal standpoint, we have universal health care. We have universal, you know, um, uh, un uh, unemployment uh, uh, benefits. We have education. 
we're doing, you know, we're doing a lot of good things from a societal standpoint without the the moral imperative that religion gives you, which it sure. does. And and I would also say in many cases, if you look at the way things operate in other countries, and let's take the focus on the US uh, for a second, religion is poisoning the debate in the US because everything, every issue becomes a religious partisan issue. And uh, that uh, is uh, harmful uh, uh, to uh, the uh, debate. I, I don't think that's a fair statement. Uh, Everything becomes a partisan that. issue. Yeah, I'll give you that incredibly. But as a religious professional, I would like to see religion come up in a meaningful way in a lot more discussions. And I don't think it does, especially by those who seem to closely identify themselves with the Christian religion. They don't act or speak actually of Christianity near as much as they need to. Well, I, I would agree with you, but you're sort of saying, yes, in that case, you know, these people are identifying themselves with religion. It's not really the right way religion should be done, so let's do religion better. And the no, I'm not is, even saying that. I'm saying that they use the label, but then there's nothing more than just the label. They don't even use the label too much anymore. Yeah, no, I agree, I agree. But the problem is, when you get, in, when you get religion into the mix, then these things happen. What things? Then the uh, Part- galvanizing. I'm sorry. Partisanship. Um. Because you, you, I mean, I'm sure there's there's partisanship and galvanizing in France that yeah. and that's independent of religion. I agree. I agree. Um, yeah. No, I will give you that point. I agree. There is probably the same sort of. Yeah. Yeah. You've you've convinced me. Um, I would still say that we are working the way we are. And I believe that one of our values is secularism and keeping religion outside of political and general societal, you know, life. And I would say as a Christian, one of my calls is to be a Christian and influence governmental and secular life in all areas. And so that's for me where where I, I just can't wrap my head around it. Hmm. Um, not that the government should endorse a religion. Or, but the people who are in there that are religious should not feel shackled. Well, again, uh, Kerwin can correct me if I if I'm wrong, but I don't think any religious person feels shackled at all. I would be real interesting to hear from uh, you know ministers or priests or, or whomever in France, because you're you're. I'm guessing you're probably more right in terms of the average. Uh, I would be very shocked if you weren't were right in terms of the average French person's perception. But I'm, I'm just really curious to hear, hear is, curious to hear the French religious person's take on this. Well, we don't have one on our, um, right here. You don't have religious people in France? <laughs> no, I mean in my apartment right now. <laughs> um, Kerwin, again, I turn to you, connoisseur right. of French culture. <laughs> um, I don't think I can know how to speak for the uh, speak for the church or for any church in France on this. Damn point. it, you reasonable person! What do, ah. what do I um, do? I think that they would. What Sean is trying to say is that if religions were more vocal in public life, then they should be. Well, they should be more vocal in public life and be contributing uh, better values or communicating 
better values to the society. Mm. Okay, not not the best way to word it. Um, it's uh, I guess it, it's that religion religions embody certain values, and those values should uh, prompt their adherents to be better influences on their society. Yeah. Just religions can make positive contributions to society. But why could not the only ones who can, but they can. Yeah, but why would what would you, why why would you need religion to make these positive contributions? I mean, what does religion bring that non-religion people couldn't bring? Is there something inherently better about religious people? You know, I'm be playing, you know, broadening the strokes, obviously, but is there something that is inherently better about religious people that others couldn't bring to the table? Um, it's a huge topic. Yes, I know. But basically... I, I, I will I first kind of say no, but I will say that there are benefits that being part of a community of faith with agreed upon moral guidelines and agreed upon purpose for example let's just talk purpose it's it's and you can sort of make the same argument with uh non-religious charities yeah. these are people who are organized for a specific purpose to do good yeah. in theory people in a community of faith are organized for a specific purpose to do good Nah, I think your community is done is organized like that. I'm not sure it applies to religion as a whole. Not, not certainly every religious community, but I would say a whole lot of religious yeah, communities. No, again, you're generalizing in a way that I'm uncomfortable with. I think it's... Oh, see, I guess, and that's why I was disagreeing with your criteria. I mean, you were coming from the perspective of religion can't really add much to society. The best they can do is keep quiet and not fight. And I'm coming from the perspective of I believe religion can communicate in a number of positive ways to a society. And what I would say is people can communicate in a number of beneficial ways. We don't really need them to be religious. I'm sure, you know, Sean, had you not been a religious person, uh, you're, you might have grown into some sort of humanitarian wonder that would have done great things in France, for example. But I and might not have been connected with like-minded people. Why like, not? for example, I would that's the vast majority of charity and humanitarian aid around the world is done directly or indirectly through religious purposes. I would say that we need numbers on this it's sort of a very difficult thing to to assess just yeah by maybe not a vast majority maybe i was overstating but a significant portion oh I, yeah I sure of course utterly confident you know we don't have a, a lot significant of portion of humanitarian work around the world would not be done today if it wasn't for religion you know what let's talk about uh about that for a second do you think that the immense uh uh work that Bill Gates and Warren Buffett have uh, endeavored to start is motivated by religious, you know, roots. Um, do we need to define what that is? Yes. You're talking about the billionaire pledge? Yes. Where 40 billionaires in America have agreed to give away uh, half, at least half of their wealth by the time they die. Yes. And um, that do I think that's motivated by religion yeah basically um, i'm taking an easy jab at you saying look <laughs> the guys did it without any religious motive um no yeah i'm not one of those people who says that that all morality comes from religion 
Um, I, I think that's silly. Um, you can make some theological well, I think you're arguments, silly. but, that, but um, <laughs> sorry, I'm, I, I I'm turning into a four-year-old. I'm getting tired. <laughs> so, so, so you're, say, you're saying, Patrick, that they all did it? None of them had a religious motive behind it. None of them, all forty of them. Uh, no, I'm saying that you know that can. Basically, I'm saying religion is just one of the many reasons why you would do something good um, but it is one so the, it can make up i think there would be less than 40 if religion was taken out of the equation how about that sure i would say that for <clears throat> it's a it's a very difficult thing to 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 argue but i would go as far as to say that religion as a very general uh, uh, statement that is horribly generalized causes more issues than it resolves. Because the French experiment where we tried to keep religion out of uh, politics and government pr has proven to be extremely fair-minded and, you know, it, it, as I was saying, produced uh, universal healthcare, uh, unemployment benefits, all of that. Very, very left you know humanitarian minded so when you're when you you have the sort of experimental proof that's one set of criteria what do you mean well i mean it's, you know as, as a country you know and i'm biased here as a country that was started one of its principles on a freedom of expression of religion mm -hmm. to me that is a high ideal that i would judge on so in in my opinion while yes you have mm -hmm. universal health care we do not you win in that criteria in terms of freedom of expression of religion and freedom to practice. I'm going to give us. A you think not. we don't have freedom of expression until burqa bans start being debated in the U.S. Not in schools. I mean, I, I couldn't. I, I couldn't wear clothes or things that I wore in high school here that I wore that I, I couldn't do that in France. Mm, I think if you were situated in the middle of Europe, you might have had that issue also. Okay. Maybe not. Uh, oh, I'm just saying that, that that to me is a negative. Yeah. No, I if agree. If I can't wear I agree. across the school, if I'm Jewish and can't wear a yarmulke to school... I agree. You know that what? That to me is I, negative. I will absolutely give you that, in, in, and I would justify it somewhat, maybe not well enough, but I would justify it as that sort of freedom of religious expression that we have to reduce is a sacrifice on freedoms that we have to make in order to maintain what we consider to be a more healthy, uh, mm -hmm. you know, religious fighting free society. Uh, guys, uh, it's been over two and a half hours almost. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think this, this, this discussion needs an episode by itself. That's You're at least three right. hours long. And Patrick needs to find someone to stand beside him. So he won't be alone. <laughs> 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 Thank you so much, Turkey, for at least recognizing should, that. Should, I should, should, there should be a little more balance of, <laughs> of arguments. All right, uh, you're you're correct, and you, it has been like two and a half hours. So I guess we should uh, we should leave it at that. You know what? What I'm going to do before we close the show, I want to give each of you uh, 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 the opportunity to give a conclusion on that debate. Completely un uninterrupted, but try not to make it 15 minutes long. Uh, Turkey, uh, my, go first. My, my opinion is clear. I think it's a woman's right. If she wants to wear it, she should wear it. I do think there should be a law 
that uh, monitors this and makes sure that nobody's being forced to wear it. Okay, Kerwin? I think that the burqa is um, very much the far <coughs> symptom of many much larger problems uh, within Muslim societies, within European societies, uh, what people need to deal with is the influence of extremist views and the sources of extremist views and not their outcomes on the clothing of women. Latad? So the issue is about the burqa? The conclusion is whatever you want to make it. You can talk about pink fluffy dinosaurs if you want. <laughs> so here's the kicker here. I'm also a Muslim. But um yeah. but uh, I I wasn't schooled in religion that much when I was young. It was a long story. But anyways, I kind of feel like the truth is always somewhere in between, right? It's I kind of understand where France is coming from, but um it just seems like a very trivial thing or a strange topic to be issued out. I mean, I, I, my, my opinion on the burqa issue would be what Turkey said at the beginning, in that I don't really agree, think it's the burqa is this important concept at all, but um, people should have the right to wear it because we, we else, at least outside of France, don't feel like it's any sign of oppression at all. Mm. Yeah. And in terms of the religion, I mean, um, religion versus non-religion, um, I think you concluded it best, Patrick. I mean, Religions has its, has its good and bad, but I mean, that's for everything, isn't it? I mean, non-religion, I mean, there's plenty of governments that suppress people, not based on religion. But um, I also believe in um, the secularness of government and so that religions aren't fighting against each other all the time. Fair enough. Sean? Uh, I guess my conclusion is I'm a little scared when a government tries to protect its citizens from something by... Uh, removing it in the first place and not in, trusting them to deal with it on their own. Okay. I I so want to discuss this more right now the <laughs> second, but I said I wouldn't. So my conclusion will be that uh, actually, strangely enough, I do agree with every single one of you, um, which proves probably how, how complex the issue is. Uh, but yeah, that's that's pretty much the, the way I would... Uh, I would conclude it. You are all correct in everything you've said. So there you go. Could we get that all in right. writing? <laughs> uh, you, you have it recorded. You can, you can replay it. It's even better. Excellent. It's going to be my new uh, iPhone ring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, except for Sean. All right. Uh, <laughs> all right. Next well, time get a woman to be on your side, Patrick. Yes, I, 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 I felt, I have to say, I did feel a little bit... Uh, alone at some points and i did feel like you know i i very i had to reevaluate my opinions for in 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 10 seconds because i was like they they can't be completely wrong i must be missing something here <laughs> but i i did and i think that i'm i tried to come back to the fundamentals of my beliefs and uh yeah so we will probably continue this debate for years to come but that will be later. For now, let's talk about where people who are listening to this show can find out more about all of you guys. Again, let's go in order. Uh, let's ask Turkey where people can go. Yeah. Well, before we leave, I just want to say one thing. We should remember 65 years ago, 
Hiroshima. Celebrated mm. yesterday. So just wanted to Very remind nice. everybody of that. And to get in touch with me, all you need to do is to get me on Twitter, which is twitter.com slash Saudi. And uh, you can follow me, see where I'm going. <laughs> Usually I'm the cigar lounge. Or going to a cigar or something. And if I'm in the mood, you can see me complaining and arguing and doing a few other things. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Kerwin. I am building a new site analyzing cities around the world. It's called The Global Urbanist, globalurbanist.com. You can also follow it on Facebook or Twitter at Global Urbanist as well. Uh, and it will hopefully be expanding into a much larger operation by the end of the year if, if, all, if everything goes well. So, The Excellent. Global Urbanist. Do I get a 15% cut? Uh, you might have to fight with all the other people who are asking me for 15% cuts at the moment. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> all right. Uh, Lerta, do you have a, a Twitter, Facebook uh, stuff, websites? Sure. Sure. Um, you can follow me at twitter.com slash Lertad. No, That's no, strange. L- yeah, just follow me at Lertad. L-E-R-T-A-D. There you go. Uh, Sean, Mr. Coons. Twitter.com slash Sean Coons. And... SeanCoons.com. There you How go. How do you spell Sean? S H S H A W N C O N S. There you go. And uh, I want uh, all of you. No, I want some of you, or I would like to say, God, I'm really <laughs> tired. Uh, I am not. Pat- I was going to say I want to thank all of you, but then I forgot. I I didn't say my Twitter, which is not Patrick. Uh, and that's going to be it. You can also uh, follow the show. Well, not follow the show, but go to the show's blog at thefeelersclub.com. You will find uh, the comments and the links on there. And uh, you can also uh, follow the other shows that we do uh, here at the Frog Pants Studios at uh, frogpants.com. That's actually Scott Johnson's uh, network. And you will find a lot of other uh, shows, probably not as long and not as uh, tiring and on very uh, various topics that will be a lot more fun and entertaining than this one because it was a little heavy today i feel (laughs) drained um thanks everyone for listening and we will talk to you again in a month bye say bye everyone goodbye Do you have to say it in Thai? I mean, just to give the cultural feeling. Go ahead. How do we know you didn't say something dirty? Wow, I thought this was going to be done in an hour. <laughs> Sean, it's your fault. Close enough. An hour? I hold you and your religion responsible for this. <laughs> There's another problem you can chalk up to religion. The, the length of podcasts. <laughs> That's where I'm you said sorry no, you, we Patrick, weren't. You poor thing. Why? Oh, because I was alone? <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, no, it, it was really interesting. You know, I, I did really... I, I think I'm going to have to mull uh, all of this over for the next um, few days because you guys... This is what I love about about this this show in general. You guys did make me question uh, quite a few things. So <laughs> I will have to think about it more. 
So mm. thank you very much. This podcast is part of the Frog Pants Studios Network. For more information about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.